Hello and welcome to another episode of Room 9. I am your host, Sean Michael Cudahy, and it has been a busy, busy few months, everybody. Time is flying, awesome things are happening, and I am excited to let you know that because of the grant that was awarded to Room 9, we are going to be getting into some video. Whether it's a weekly vlog or getting on the streets and just talking with people in the substance use and mental health community, I am excited to be doing that. I will be teaming up with David Riffle of Upper Story Studios. You can check him out on his LinkedIn page or UpperStoryStudios.com. He will be my teacher and my partner throughout the ventures of video. So I'm very excited to be teaming up with him. He's been a great friend since, I don't know, eighth grade or something like that, ninth grade. I don't know. It's been a while anyway. So I'm very excited about that have some awesome projects that I'm in the middle of with Horizon Health, and that's going very well. You can look for those coming out very soon. I will inform you of how to get in touch with those. If you are not subscribed to our newsletter, our monthly newsletter, please go to room9podcast.com, get to the contact page, fill that out, leave me your name, let me know what you're doing, what your life is like, and I would love to touch base with you. You can also help support Room 9 on our contact page on our website. That would be great. Pretty soon, I'm going to have some t-shirts coming out, thanks to my awesome and amazing sister. We are creating a Room 9 t-shirt, so I'm going to be excited to start creating those and getting rid of those and selling those and everything else. So anyway, this episode coming up, I am sitting down and having a conversation with Matthew Oliver. It's been quite a few months since he's been on, and we really get into an awesome discussion about really the importance of self-awareness in recovery and really just in life in general how important it is to really develop honesty, authenticity in your life and that you really need it in order to catch yourself because our mind likes to play tricks on us and likes us to uh, to believe lies. So be sure to enjoy this wonderful episode. Once again, get on to room9podcast.com, see what we got going on, and I will be talking to you guys very, very soon. Okay, much love. Peace out. had a lot going on though yes yes i have yeah a lot of things have been happening which is great so we are officially at room nine advancing into video Mm -hmm. so i'm very much well looking forward to that i got all that equipment ordered that's awesome thanks to the grant from the new york state education department that's fantastic i'm i'm not surprised they gave it to you but i'm pleasantly surprised that you got it yeah, it's pretty awesome. Especially like it's just crazy. Like I'm ordering computers and microphones right. and video cameras, right. and it's like it's yeah, it's insane. The value that you're gonna get out of this is huge. Yeah. So you can consider yourself funded at this point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, essentially. And then yeah. uh, go from here. Did you ever think, sitting at at in room nine? at the village that you could ever get something like this funded, you know, and, and really get some speed behind it. Well, it's cool. It's been a very, very awesome thing to like trying to think how to say this, having goals and ideas and a vision in your head Mm -hmm. and watching it come together. Well, yeah. And I think for you, it gave you a, a deep sense of purpose and you really 
attached some meaning to that. Mm -hmm. And I think it had a huge role in your recovery. Because we, if we look at, for example, when people came back from either Vietnam or World War II and they were addicted, instead of like having to go through rehabs and things like that, they just went into like family businesses and developed deep roles within society and found purpose. And that's, that was their form of recovery back then. It's interesting you bring that up because... I've been really looking and like digging into and reading and listening to lectures of different people because there's so many different. There's a disease model. There's the learned model that Mark mm-hmm. Lewis does. There's mm-hmm. the choice model. And I think there's like one more. Those are like the, there's four main ones. And someone brought up how in Vietnam, how so many people were addicted to opiates. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to think who started the, um, I thought it was Vietnam, but the, Operation Golden Spray or something it was called. I don't know. They did, but people had to piss clean, have a clean urine t- tox to, in order to come back. Oh, and I want to say that was Vietnam. Okay, I, I mean it had to be because there's that's where like opium grows, right? Yeah, way over there. Yeah, and you know, so this guy brought up how easily how easily people were able to get clean, right? And you go home and a lot of them. Up. Yeah, and they fouled up on them, you know, years after they got back, and a huge percentage of them remained clean. Right. And they talked about how, like, you know, they came back and they had, like, meaning. They had, you know, the families, and they had to get jobs, and they had to do all this, and they had meaning in their life. Yeah, and I think another big part of it would probably have a lot to do with coming here and not not having it readily at hand, too. That's a big so part of it. So if you yep. have that and then you trade out that, availability with okay here's this other life that i can live now going forward why wouldn't you just kind of throw yourself into it probably a lot of them came back to small town america where there isn't a drug dealer standing on Mm -hmm. every corner that you can score from you know so there's that part of it too but i think that having purpose in your life is the only way that you're going to breed happiness and continue to set goals for yourself and accomplish them and and all those things that come along with a good life, purpose is one of your main main ingredients in that. There's so many eyes, such a weird thing, addiction, man. Hmm. And I should say substance use disorder. It's right. such a weird thing right. because there is, there's like that little like choice in the beginning to keep using. All right, I'm going to buy this, do this. And it just becomes so bizarre because I've experienced where... I like wasn't choosing to do to use anymore. I wasn't choosing to use anymore, you know, and they have, you know, some neuroscience that backs up a lot of good stuff. And but it's just so bizarre because there's so many aspects of everything in it. Learned choice, disease, like all three of them, I feel like can are a part of. Yeah, substance I'm, use. I'm sure if you took components of each one of those, you'd probably find the whole truth in there somewhere, you know. But I think each person has to tap into whichever Uh, form of recovery works for them you know and for you this has been a huge part of it for you and Mm -hmm. what we've seen too i think is a societal influence on helping a recovering addict and how much help there is especially in our area for a recovering addict it doesn't have to be a no hope situation anymore because there's been so much just not only funding but also just manpower devoted to solving the issue Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a ton of it going on. 
it's been it's been definitely weird looking because everybody has their I kind of did that solo episode one of the last episodes I released on like just can we all stop trying to act like we know right what it is because it's so different for every single person it's so different some people don't even you know you never hear about it because they get clean on their own so they can't even come into this realm of statistics and it just it just drives me nuts it's like yeah. let's just all acknowledge that this is so 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 individualized yeah and i mean even when people say oh it's like diabetes and you wouldn't but let's i'm sick of that comparison too because you know you don't you treat cancer any disease differently mm-hmm. there's and this one especially is so weird and so odd because there's so many different things that are factored into it yeah and that affect what you do and what you don't do and and that's why it's so difficult to really like just there's no snap your fingers, take a shot and you're cured kind of thing because there's so many different aspects that are involved in it. Right. Yeah. And I think continuing down the path of addiction, there's a lot of roadblocks and hurdles that one is going to find themselves at. Each person is going to find their own way around those roadblocks and over those hurdles. It may be the same situation and what works for me may not even have come across your mind just because of how I grew up or what resources I have available to me or where I am you know geographically all of those things are going to factor in and it's the same type of situation we're going to find two different ways around it which way is the right way I think it just whichever way works for me is the right way Mm -hmm. that day you know and again I think you as an individual may have something that works for you one time and maybe it's not going to work for you another time, which is why you have to develop a deep set of skills and coping mechanisms that for the same situation, you might use something different each time because you got all kinds of things that you're going to run into and there's always going to be that wild card associated there. Yeah. And I believe too, it's, it really comes down to a lot to knowing, I should say, it comes down to knowing that the person who is trying to stay clean and stay in recovery is the one with all his answers. Mm-hmm. And you just got to kind of help them find those answers. And I think that's such a super important thing to learn because especially if you're somebody who works as in a treatment for a treatment provider or you're a counselor or a recovery coach, peer advocate, it's so important to know that because when you try to say, all right, well, this worked for the last person, and you try to have it work for this person, it doesn't work out, and you left, you're left confused, and it's so important to know, all right, this person has their answers and what is going to work best for themselves. How do I help them find those answers? Right. And I think that's, like, a super important thing to know. And for me, it's always, like, I've always kind of talked about it. It just really is a main component of it is developing self-awareness throughout, you know, for yourself, developing honesty, authenticity, and really trying to figure out, all right, what, Am I doing, am I being honest with myself, first of all, mm-hmm. because we like to self-sabotage and yeah. we like to, you know, set ourselves up like, oh, you know, the the classic example I always use is, oh, I wonder how my drug dealer is doing. It's his <laughs> birthday. Let me give him a text, you know, <laughs> right, right. and you can lie to yourself and like really believe I'm genuinely just want to know how he's doing. And, you know, it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's so that self-awareness is so important. And I always say, you know, sometimes it takes somebody 15 trips to the same rehab to, you know, develop all the self-awareness they need in order to stay clean. And I think another huge part that is factored into um, recovery is 
a lot of it, I do, I'm a pretty firm believer that a lot of it is lack of connection, lack of purpose. I'm numbing from trauma. I'm numbing from something. And the issue with substance use is you're trying to get them off this substance, the substance they've been using to hide from this pain, this trauma, this lack of connection. And when they're off of it, like the main component is dealing with that lack of connection. But then if you start talking about that right away and start trying to work on that right away, that can be scary and immediately drive somebody back. I think it'd be like taking someone who is a pro in with tennis, let's say. Okay. And that's what they spend all their time on. They practice that. They know the routine with that. And that's what kind of gets them through their life. And then all of a sudden throwing them on a basketball court and just being like, okay, you're a, a sports star, go do your thing. <laughs> and thinking that that's going to work, that would be similar to taking someone who's been using drugs, they've developed that skill, they've spent a lot of their time scoring drugs and just using them to stay in a, a functioning you know, state of being, and now taking that away and saying, okay, here is mindfulness, go and use that now. Mm-hmm. You know, So that, that, I think, is kind of the analogy that I think of immediately. But... I think if you are patient enough with someone, you can switch those two out. And there has to be the desire. And I think from that desire, people are going to find that's where they're going to have to tap their drive from, is the desire to stay clean. Because some days you're not going to have it, but on the days that you do have it is when you really got to take advantage of, okay, today I really want to stay clean. Today I woke up and I went to work because I wanted to stay clean and I didn't want to roam the streets for drugs. You know, it, and it's just... As simple as that some days. And getting through one more day down situations is going to be putting those, you know, together one day at a time, as they say in the the, old the 12 book. step. Um, it's, it's really true, though, because after you do that for, you know, 30 days, you got a month and, and things start to get easier. So, yeah, that, that collecting, even sometimes it's like an hour. Let me just get through this right, hour. Right. Try to re- try to remind myself a lot how quickly a day goes. And how quickly those days can really just add up. It's like you wake up and you feel like you blink your eyes and you're getting ready for bed. That's like true. it's insane. So I think that's super important to definitely keep on your mind. I guess another like kind of topic I wanted to touch base with you on, because I feel like this has come up with a lot of people I've been like talking to recently and this whole emphasis on like clean time. And I've known a couple people that actually you know too that have like had these tiny slip ups mm-hmm. and have totally like gotten busted, gotten in trouble, gotten caught, gotten kicked out of an Oxford house, whatever it may be. And then they have totally have just said F it and went back. And I mean, the one guy we know almost died, Mm -hmm. you know, he was in the hospital for a while just because he got the case of the forget it. I screwed up once. Yeah. And a lot of that to me, it goes back to, I think so many people put an emphasis on consecutive abstinence days, abstinent days. Yeah. And I think that's a huge issue and something I want to like continue to push out to my audience is it's okay if you slip up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like it's what's super important is that you see what happened around that and learn and keep going from that. Yeah, and don't repeat that same mistake. You know, because okay, yeah, you slipped up once, and you saw that. Let's say that was detrimental to just your existence as a human being. Why are you going to continue to do that? and do it again and again, now that's not going to advance you at all. You've seen that it was a detriment. Okay, good. Take that and say, okay, well, now I know what I'm not going to do. Not, oh, 
you know, I screwed up, so I'm going to keep screwing up just for the sake of doing something. No, take that as your example of, okay, this is what not to do. Let's do literally anything else and go from there. And I think people who are counting days and they're like, okay, I had 360 days or whatever, and now I'm at zero again. Yeah, that's a daunting task to get back to that 360 or whatever you're trying to get back to. Um, and getting back to the expectations of what comes with a year of sobriety. If you take the, the emphasis off of you having consecutive clean time, now what you have is somebody who's putting just time together. And if I had one day where I was, wasn't clean in the middle of two years, I've still got two years where I was yep. clean. You know, so and I think emphasizing on that and using that as a learning experience as opposed to a stumbling block that leads you into, you know, the the abyss again is obviously a better alternative. I mean, you have to look at it as a learning experience. And that goes with anything in life that you you make a mistake with or you fail at when you're trying to do something, Mm -hmm. even dieting or trying to eat healthy. Oh, I want to stay away from carbs. And you gave in one day because you were stressed out and had a bunch of bread. You ate a whole loaf of bread with nothing else. Right, right. Just a, a bread. <laughs> Just day. a whole loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing. You know, why did I do that? Well, you know, what caused it? Okay, I was stressed out. How else can I deal with my stress? What's another way? And developing those, you know, fine-tuning those coping mechanisms and, and applying those. And, again, it comes back to self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know, being aware enough and honest enough with yourself, okay, what did I do wrong? And I think that's difficult for a lot of people to do mm-hmm. because it always, at least for me, always came back to like seeing the, the mistakes in yourself and the flaws in yourself, I think is so difficult for people to really to face and do. Mm-hmm. And you almost like want to protect yourself from those mistakes and you kind of just like repress them and like ignore them and just causes bigger problems and bigger problems. Yeah. And like, for example, something with me that kind of breeds um, that attitude of relapse, I guess we could call it, is boredom. So I know that if I'm if I have a day, let's say today I didn't have work or whatever, there's a big opportunity for me to sit around bored all day. I'm going to have to tap into every resource that I have available to me my friends, my family, my girlfriend, whoever else is around who's willing to help me and establish those connections and kind of have a way of reaching out to people in advance and knowing, okay, Saturday, I don't have anything planned. If I sit around bored all day, four hours into that, I'm probably going to be craving at like a level five out of 10, Mm -hmm. you know? So just knowing that, okay, how, what can I put in my own way to burn a bridge to get back, getting back to, you know, relapse or whatever. So there's just knowing it comes back to self-awareness. I know that if I sat around on a Saturday morning and just sat there watching TV, let's say for four hours, eventually I'm going to be like, hmm, I'm getting a little antsy. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel that itch again. You know, I'm starting to plot things out at this point. And that's not a place that I got can let myself get back to because now I'm walking on a slippery slope on a very thin line and it's easy to cross over where if I had said, okay, um, you know, say to Megan, listen, I don't want to be bored this afternoon. Do you want to go out and do anything just to keep me off of the couch, keep Mm -hmm. my mind occupied, keep me away from the boredom? That's a way to stay away from that. And that's where you want to be as far away from it as, as possible each and every day. Yeah, I think a lot of it, like people just get, it's tiresome. It takes a lot of energy yeah. to really, to stay clean, at least for the first, I would say, 
couple years probably mm-hmm. till you really you're just automatically doing using those skills but to really develop them and hone them in is very tiresome it's yeah. i mean working on yourself period is very tiresome because i mean you have to learn all right i'm gonna sit down now and shut my brain off and watch something on netflix or i'm gonna sit down and play a video game yeah and so it's important to have those things but it is it's like you're because you constantly have to think ahead you have to be aware of all right if i go here i could run into this person or that person and that could you know lead to something if i you know sit around and decide to do nothing all day i think it's important to find hobbies Mm -hmm. and what you want to do and i I know people who have used who use a lot of different things some photography I mean, whatever it is, yeah. find something. Pottery, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it doesn't matter because there's going to be times when you're going to be alone and you're not going to be able to rely on a family member or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, husband, wife, yeah. whatever. And you need to have, all right, what am I going to do? Instead of sitting around all day Saturday while my wife's out of town, and I think it's super important. And we like to self-sabotage. And yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, I'll be fine. Right. And instead of having a plan in place, then it comes and, right. and you're, not and you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's super important as well for us to really just honor the fact that, A, people, people, it sucks, but people are going to die from this. Mm. And B, my biggest worry was, was this, is what if I'm not, what if I don't care enough? What if I'm just too apathetic to want to really get clean? Hmm. And because we can really just tell ourselves, oh, I want to get clean and stay clean when you really don't. That's so true. And you have people who that one slip up could be your last day on this earth i mean how many times have you heard this you know in rehab or whatever your first shot back is what's going to take you out Mm -hmm. so one slip up that's the reason to stay away from that is it could be literally your the last thing that you do and that's not what's going through your mind by the time you've gotten yourself in that situation with with that needle in your hand or whatever that's not where your frame of mind is at you're not thinking about this. This could possibly be like a loaded gun to my head. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking about, okay, I'm going to get high and feel good. That's where, again, keeping as much distance is is always in your best interest in, in finding hobbies and just anything, literally anything, to keep you at a good distance from the edge of it. So many people, I think, get clean and don't do anything else. They just stop using hmm. and don't work on anything else. I mean... You've been in, you were in an Oxford house for a while. I was in an Oxford house for some time. And it's just insane, insane the amount of people who stopped using but have changed nothing in their lives. Mm. They're still liars. They're still manipulators. Yeah. They're still just flat out douchebags. Like it drives me nuts. Like those guys at at the one Oxford house who were trying to pick up the one dude's girlfriend after he relapsed. And it's just, it's crazy. It's so like scumbaggy. And people look around. I don't know why I can't stay clean. And it, to, to me, it's so frustrating. Like you're just you're not working on anything. You're not developing any skills. You're lying, manipulating, stealing still. And mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable. And it, that's probably one of my biggest frustrations. And I think that's just a human condition. Mm-hmm. So many people don't work on themselves. So many people sit in front of Netflix all day to escape. So many people get online and shop to escape. Some people use exercise to escape. We're all using something to try to escape with. And nobody wants to work on themselves. I think that's just a human condition. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when you use drugs to escape, it involves a lot of other things, hurting other people, stealing, 
the criminal justice system has to get involved and it just becomes a mess. The other thing, too, to remember is people use drugs because they work. Like, if if yeah. drugs didn't work, they wouldn't have caught on the way that they have in our society. Um, so that's one thing that you, you have Work to as be... far as escapism. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it is a, something that worked to get your mind off of whatever it is you're trying to get away from. Yeah, it's not something that you're going to be able to sustain, but you don't go into it thinking that you're going to need to. For some reason, you have such a short view on what mm-hmm. the use span is going to be you don't think, okay, in a year from now, is my life going to be in total shambles? If you make it that long, you know, congratulations, to be quite honest with you. I don't think people typically go that long. But think about people who have used since they were a teenager, and now they're in their 30s, myself, for one. That's a long time of using drugs to escape my own reality that I didn't like. And now having to say, okay, I'm going to change myself now. That's so much work that's going to need to go into that. And you're going to have to employ several different strategies. And you're going to have to get people to help you with it. You're Mm. the one who's going to have to do the heavy lifting at the end of the day. But you're going to have to have people who are going to point you along the path and say, okay, hey, this is what worked for me. This is what we've seen works for, you know, other patients. Um, If you go through counseling and things like that. Um, And just having those things set up in your life, otherwise you're going to inevitably fail, fall back into drugs. And the reality of it is you could kill yourself accidentally. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, huge reality. That's for sure. That um, I told you I've been kind of like doing a lot of research, listening to lectures. And that Mark Lewis guy who wrote The Biology of Desire... He talks about this one piece that I really love and really agree with that I think is a huge part that we need to all add in our lives in general. But he talks about, um, I'm going to butcher the neuroscience of it, but the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and your striatum, which you're, you know, they're kind of, obviously your prefrontal cortex has a lot to do with decisions and everything else. And then your striatum is, you know, your like motivational engine and they communicate to each other. So when you say, I'm going to go do this, and your level of you know motivation to go do it is you know communicates it to it or communicates to it that you know you probably shouldn't do that and you should do this instead and that whole connection gets kind of broken in addiction hmm. and so obviously you're not thinking ahead all right if i go use this could happen this could happen this could happen this could happen you just go like i want to use i'm going to do it right and what he talks about is how to redo that connection and so much of that comes along with telling yourself that positive stories, positive things about yourself, picture yourself in the future being successful at it and like constantly thinking about being successful at something. And that kind of almost re reconnects them, hmm. those parts of your brain. I mean, cause neuroplasticity is a, a real effing thing. Yeah. You know, it's not something made up. Your brain can adapt, can grow, can establish different connections, can take away different certain connections and it's so important to remember that. So that means you can learn, you can change things just by almost saying them repeatedly. Hmm. And for me, that was one of the biggest things I always talked about was how I just started talking to myself and picturing this this future. And I hate how like 
stupid the whole law of attraction can get and how much it's been manipulated and it's been watered down and it's been used for people to make money like oh just picture yourself in a million dollar house right it'll happen but there's parts of it that i really love as well and it really is if you set goals for yourself and you do things and you say i'm going to do this and you are just telling yourself that and you're confident about it. Now, granted, that comes along with working your ass off, working hard, being disciplined, doing a lot of things to to reach that goal. But if you keep telling yourself you're going to do something and you work hard towards it and you plan correctly and set goals and achieve those goals, it can happen. Mm-hmm. It really does. I love the whole, there's this quote I heard years ago, the harder I work, the luckier I got. And that has never been more prevalent to me other than it is right now in my life. Because all these things are, you know, from the $11,000 grant I've gotten from being featured and interviewed in Podcast Business Journal to just really developing all these things, like, my life is becoming awesome. Like, I can really, I envision myself, especially now that I'm adding video into Room 9, it really becoming something bigger than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, with that, when you start, what it does for you as a human being is it starts to put you into the frame of mind and it focuses your energy. So now that you have kind of started telling yourself, okay, room nine is now my new goal. It telling leaves less yourself, time for the bullshit. Right, yeah. and telling yourself that gets you in gear and gets you moving in that direction. Whereas if you don't wake up in the morning and tell yourself that, you are liable to go a totally different direction that morning and not work towards towards what you really are thinking you're trying to work towards. So there's just multiple things I think that you're doing there and it does come down to connections within the brain that you're starting mm-hmm. to build and what that's going to do is just start to push your body forward in the direction that you want to go because you only have so much time in a day and I think your mind there's no other part of you that's more aware of that than your mind. And knowing that is what is going to push you to act on the impulses that are eventually going to lead to something bigger. You have to slowly build that. It's not something that's going to come overnight, and I think most good things are that way. It's something that is just slowly built upon a day after day after day until all of a sudden you have something really amazing and you as opposed to drugs, which gives you an amazing feeling right now, but leaves you wanting it at the end mm-hmm. of the day. You know. It's like important to catch yourself in the shitty talk, the negative thinking. It's a roller coaster ride to like start your own business. Mm-hmm. It's a roller coaster ride of so many ups and downs, and there's so many moments in my head where it's like, I'm not even helping anybody. This isn't making a difference. Why am I bothering? And even most recently, it's been a while since I kind of had that downturn, but I was potentially almost about to get full-time pay contracting work with Horizon Health if they got approved for this grant and they didn't get approved for this grant, Mm. which is a whole other frustrating thing because everything's so far behind right now. Hmm. I mean, we're doing good. There's good things happening, but we're still so far behind. But, you know, I really felt like, oh, my gosh. You know, I was just bummed out. Like, Mm -hmm. is any of this really worth it? Should I just stop this bullshit? Yeah, and go get a in quotes normal job, right? Where I can make a steady income, and and it was just like you have to. I had to stop it right away. I was like, look at all these awesome things that have happened. Like once again, I've just been able to spend eleven thousand dollars on upgrading new equipment to be able to add video into my whole thing, and 
you know, it's just important to really catch yourself in the shitty talk. And I think so many people get stuck in that. I'm not good enough. What I'm doing isn't working. And just developing that mindset when failure happens and bad things happen to really just keep pushing through it and learn from it and develop that attitude. All right, this isn't going to slow me down. Yeah. And the other thing to consider, too, is people who have never, ever in a, a day in their life touched a single substance that alters their present you know, state of mind, they go through failures and ups and downs as well. It's not because you used to use drugs that you experience failure. It's because you are living a human, fallible life. Everybody in this world experiences failure, whether it's, you know, whoever the bum is that's pushing the grocery cart with all the bottles down the street, or it's Walt Disney who built a a billion-dollar empire. Mm -hmm. Both of those people experience failure, and it's how they dealt with it and adapted and built off of it that changed the ending for them. We all have the ability to change the ending. I think we all inherently as humans reserve that right with, uh, you know, free will and choice. The illusion of choice, I guess, if you will, (laughs) in your case. We'll save that for another podcast. Right, right. Um, But that's what we reserve is, is the right to change the end of our story or the, you know, down the line part of our story. So I don't know. I think if you, I think with anything, with any failure, you can let it destroy you more than it needs to, or you can use it for whatever you can use it for and build on it and say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. Let's try literally anything else and see how it works. Yeah, the failure is a, a son of a pup. really is. For lack of a better <laughs> term. <laughs> really is. <laughs> We're just so scared of it. My whole life, man, I've just been so scared of it up until the last couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, going back to... Walt Disney said everyone needs to have a good failure in their life. Every young person should have a good failure in their life um, because he several times over failed at, mm. at what he wanted to do. But he kept kept pushing at it, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying until eventually one day he, you know, he's probably one of the biggest success stories of, of our country, you know. And there's nothing that says that you and I can't do that. It's just how bad do we want it and how, how much mm-hmm. work are we willing to put in. And that's what it comes down to. People who succeed were willing to put in just that little bit more effort than me. Um, and people who are doing better than me, same thing. They're, they've been willing to put in just a little bit more work than me day after day. And they're reaping that reward. Yeah, and I think finding out what really makes you happy. So many people have this illusion of, oh, I want to be a rock star or I want to be yeah. Walt Disney and yeah. be a billionaire like, Man, come on. What are you realistically, what do you want to do? Do you want just to make $100,000 a year working 40 hours a week so you can spend lots of time with your family? Like, what do you really, truly want to do? What will truly, truly make you happy? Mm-hmm. And figuring that out is probably the hardest step in general. Absolutely. Because I'm, I honestly am at the point in my life where I say that you can say you want something as much as you want, but your actions are what show what you really want. Yeah. And as soon as you can get over that, going back to the whole being scared to fail thing, it's almost like you're looking for failure, not to do it on purpose, but to learn from it and to grow from it. And all right, what can I change? Like I wrote this, I spent three days on this job proposal and sent it to a couple of CEOs and they're like, this isn't going to work. And that's fine. Okay. So now I'm adapting that and the good parts of it. And now I'm coming up with something different. Mm. 
and it's so important to really just keep doing that. Yep. Not make a job proposal, but you know, keep trying. All right, I failed at this. What did I? What? Where did I screw up? Or what isn't going to work? What does work? And then going from there. And once you develop that that mindset, that's really going back, swinging it back to the whole connection and purpose. And you start developing this. All right, now I know what I want to do. And what I know what makes me happy, and now I'm going to go get it. Yeah, absolutely. And we've all got small things in life that we can put together and say, okay, these are the six or dozen things in my life that really, truly bring purpose to it and tie it together and make it, you know, bigger than just me. And that's where you got to kind of lose the selfishness and look around and say, what else other than me in my life do I pull my happiness from? Again, developing that connection with the outside world is what is going to allow you to stay clean long term. Ultimately, if I don't stay clean, there's nothing else that I can really accomplish. As soon as I start going down that path, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. I just get to be a drug user who is consistently trying to find and use drugs. That's all I am. But if I stay away from it, there's no limit to what I can do. It's just putting those smaller things together and just building on them day after day. I don't know what it's been. I don't know if it's like the cold weather. Mm, it's been brutal. What it is, but like I the other day I was walking out to the car and I just got this like chill in my stomach. Oh, I do not miss that living, eating, drinking, breathing. How am I going to get more dope? Yeah. Whatsoever. I do not miss it. And I don't know, like a lot of people, I think, struggle with sometimes having like the good reminiscence coming coming yeah. in their head. And do you struggle with that at all? Um, on occasion. And I, you know, it's funny what I've found that gets rid of that is really the next time you're in that situation where you're reminiscing about like that it was such a good time, really break it down and like dig into it. Don't run from it because it's going to continue to mm -hmm. be there. Just dive into it and break it apart for what it really was. And what you're probably going to find is that reminiscent time is you're just sitting in a car in a parking lot waiting, <laughs> you know, or something yeah. crappy like that. It really wasn't that great of a time once you get real with yourself. Yeah, I've had that happen in the past and, and mine are very like tangible moments. So it's easier, I think, for me to like break it apart and say, um, yeah, I guess that really wasn't that great of a time. I really wasn't accomplishing that much in my life at the time. Um, all I had was a chemical flooding through my veins that made me think I was I was doing that great. You know what? Um, what was I going to ask you? Yeah. What kind of uh, like what do you use to try to get out of that? Do you just kind of use the play the tape out thing like every detail? Try to think of every tiny detail of what was actually going on and then expand upon it and say, OK, well, now I know this was happening in my life. Oh, that was around the time that I was trying to deal with this in my life. And I wasn't able to because I didn't have the tools because I was putting every last bit of energy and resource that I had into just trying to find drugs and stay high for me really delving into it is kind of what I use and it works because it's really not that awesome glamorous as I make it out to be. In <laughs> no, my it mind. never is. It's not even close to what I think it is. So yeah, for me, that's what works and it hasn't really, it hasn't failed me, you know, yet. Do you notice what kind of causes that reminiscent? Because for me, I find a lot, it's like when I was, for me, uh, what I was kind of going to say was I don't, I almost always go right to like the negative parts of it. I don't know mm. why. And I'm actually very thankful for that. Yeah. Because like even there's some TV shows I watch while I was trying to just get clean on my own at my parents' house. And I 
tried to start watching those again, but it took me a while, dude, because it made me sick to my stomach. Oh, I bet, yeah. To think about like oh, right back to where I was, and and that's yeah. kind of what the cold did to me the other day when I was walking out to the car, because I just remember my last kind of few months were. You know, those, you know, that wintry time, my, everybody was done helping me. So there was no car rides. There's no let me borrow their car money. So, like, I had to work to get high. Mm. And I had to, you know, find stuff to pawn. And I had to walk and take the bus and go do everything that way. And I just have no good memories of it. That's good. But do you find, like, certain things that trigger it in you? Or is it just kind of random? It's very random. And that's where I kind of have to just keep my guard up all the time. And, you know, boredom triggers it. Or like mm-hmm. like you said, a TV show, a song. There's some songs that I just won't, I'm not ready to, to reclaim those, you know. Cause, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they're great songs, but they put me in a really terrible state of mind and being. Actions, too. Like, for instance, playing music for me is heavily, heavily tied into um, use. Because any time that I was playing music a lot, I was using a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that correlation is or whatever, but if I was like in a band, I have some good memories of being in bands and playing some music and having a lot of fun doing it. But at the same time, coupled with that is, you know, you were Always using getting heavily, high. Yeah. heavily using. So that's one thing I kind of have had to like stay away from is just keeping a guitar in the house. And... I'm confident that eventually I'll be ready to get get back into it because it's one thing that I just love to do and I've always enjoyed it. Um, but for now, I've kind of had to keep myself from it because I'll sit down and, and it's weird, man. Like your muscle memory and all that kicks in with, with music and playing music. And I'll sit down and play guitar or whatever it is and just all of a sudden just have those thoughts come back. And it's just, it's a lot to deal with. And I haven't really, I haven't really gotten to the point yet where I want to try and deal with it in that way you know mm-hmm. yeah that's that's crazy man how the like just a song or something can just trigger yeah. the whole thing the whole thing off and again it comes back to just developing that self-awareness of all right if you know this comes on or this happens and you know this is gonna happen so i gotta be prepared for it and yeah and just having something set up in your mind some sort of roadblock and that's what like um jordan peterson talks about with like once you've created a mechanism in your brain you can't you can't remove that but you can you can create another mechanism to deal with that mechanism mm. you know what i mean so you got to find ways to do that so knowing that okay if this pops up in my mind this is how i'm going to combat it and if that doesn't work then this is how i'm going to combat it and just you know keeping those always at the ready and trying to stay aware as soon as you get high though you lose the you lose that ability and all of a sudden all you're using to cope is the drug and you have no control over that whatsoever. No, that control goes down the crapper. It really does. It's amazing, amazing how quickly you lose control too. It's like going right back into using. It's like not right like, in the middle of it, yeah. Right, it's not like you get to start over from square one. You're at like square 12 out of 24 once you restart. And, you and that's why so many people die so quickly. Yep, absolutely. When they, when they kind of go back at it after being clean for so long. And, I mean, we just, and you have his, you have his T-shirt on now. Yeah. He just, you know, when I went to the, uh, his wake, um, our friend's wake that we were at Horizon Village with, what was that, just two, three weeks ago. And I was talking to his dad, and he just said, you know, he started having some drinks, and he just he just kept going down, and that's all it takes, man. It's one time, yeah. and your friends are, and family are planning your funeral. Yeah. yeah it and sucks. it just, it's not a, 
it's you know it's no joke it can happen to anybody at any yeah. any second and that's why it's so important to kind of really develop those tools and that self-awareness of you know how am I gonna stick with this and not fall back down because yeah. nobody wants to do that and I've always talked about how it's important we have to honor the fact that people are dying and people are going to die right now mm-hmm. because of this because of substance use and mental health issues that's why we need more stuff like this this podcast and Mm-hmm. I want to kind of touch base too real quick uh, before we wrap up why I'm excited to like start video and vlogging and doing like different little mini documentary series and stuff is because there's nothing out there like that. Mm-hmm. And that's like the thing now you get on YouTube. There's people who just vlog their traveling around the world and have right. millions of subscribers. And I literally tried to get on YouTube and find recovery vlogs and somebody just kind of recording video stuff of, you know, their recovery and other people in the community and whatever it is and mental health. And there's nothing, dude. Right. The little bit that I find is just somebody hitting record and just talking, boring. There's no excitement to it. So mm-hmm. I'm pumped to really start doing video things. And yeah, I just imagine like hitting the streets and talking to people who are like homeless or going down to some place like Evergreen and standing outside and doing video with and talking to people as they come by and like ask them and want to get what they need and what they think the community needs to do to really help. Yeah. And try to get a candid view of that. Mm-hmm. That'll be very cool to see. Yeah. So there's so many like awesome ideas I have for the video, but Good. that's why I feel like because Horizon Health, they were trying to get a grant. It was called VREC Media Grant or whatever. And they just turned them down. And it's so frustrating because, like I just said, there's nothing out there. And I don't understand why the state and the government is not pushing for more of modern things like yeah. vlogs and video stuff. And there's just it's just not there. And it's frustrating. So yeah, I'm hoping to change that. Yeah, definitely. And that's good. It's given you kind of a new direction to go in and I think you're going to need to continue to develop Room 9, and I think that's a great direction to go with it. And just doing it on your own until, you know, the bureaucratic wheels catch up to you, Mm -hmm. you know, that might be the best way to go about it. That way you're, when they're ready, you're already into it, you know. That'll be awesome if you can get to that point. So, good. That's really cool. Not if, when I get to that point. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm teaming up with Upper Story Studios. Shout out to David Riffle. Okay. okay. So I have, uh, he has nothing but experience in videography. Cool. And um, if you guys want to check out his stuff, Dave Riffle on LinkedIn, he's got his videos up there. So That's awesome. I have a teacher and a backup plan for Good. when I make mistakes. So Good. everything stays professional yeah. and can be corrected. But awesome. other than that, Matthew, thank you for um, chopping it up with me here. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a while, but I think we got right back into it. We know. did. Yeah, I'm sure everybody will be happy to hear your voice out oh, there. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a velvety voice. That's right. It is. You, you got a good voice for it. All right. So, all right, brother. I'll be uh, talking to you later. Awesome. Thank you. Peace. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed hearing Matthew. I am in the process of waiting for my new microphones. I'm so excited for those to come because it's going to make the sound quality that much better. I'm super pumped about that. That is also on the way along with the video stuff. So stay tuned for more information on our vlogs and everything else that's going to be happening with our video program. Other than that, have a great week. Make sure you keep working hard. Don't be scared to fail. Learn from your failures. Don't give up and all that other Rocky Balboa stuff. All right. Peace. Much love.